Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be discussing how Akasha works with your body. In the 21st century, human beings have become very mindful. Not in a being aware kind of way, but because everything is about the mind, and our minds are constantly full. Our minds lead the way in everything we do, and we spend our days not dealing with what is before us, but thinking about what is behind us and inventing what is in front of us, rightly or wrongly. All of our other faculties are relegated to condiments alongside the streams of information going in and going out of the mind. In fact, the other aspects of ourselves are often seen as impediments, interruptions, distractions from the mind. Emotions happen at the least appropriate time. The body seems to have a mind of its own and won't cooperate with the game plan. And the soul keeps wanting us to do anything but the course we've decided on, and which our mind knows makes the most logical sense. The mind is an amazing thing. However, life really is supposed to be about balance, or, in the Navajo perspective, beauty. One of the Navajo ceremonies for restoring balance includes this chant. Happily may their roads back home be on the trail of pollen. Happily may they all get back. In beauty I walk. With beauty before me I walk. With beauty behind me, I walk. With beauty below me, I walk. With beauty above me, I walk. With beauty all around me, I walk. It is finished in beauty. 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 This chant is documented in four masterworks of American Indian literature, edited by John Beerhorst, and you can find a link with more information in today's post on my website. One of the ways we need to be in balance is to value the knowing we receive from our body, our emotions, and our soul. Something I point out to my clients is the body they inhabit is not a meat car they're driving around. While the body is a temporary thing they will leave at the end of this lifetime, it is also an integral part of this life, interconnected with all other aspects of themselves and co-creating the life they are living. The body, therefore, has a great deal of wisdom to share and is usually the point where I start in working with anyone. Each person's body, like all animals, has no interest in doing anything contrary to our best and highest good. The body is honest, and tries to communicate as best it can what is wrong, and what could be done to resolve the issue while trying to keep us from being vulnerable. The body, working in harmony with the soul and the emotions, while the mind is studiously ignoring, disciplining, bullying, or disowning it, 
attempts to deliver message to us through rich symbolic and oftentimes very direct means. Issues with eyes point us towards things we aren't seeing, or are refusing to quote-unquote see, so we don't have to deal with them. Issues with ears can be about message we're refusing to hear. Issues with knees can be about flexibility in dealing with situations, and on and on. I highly recommend Your Body Speaks Your Mind by Deb Shapiro as a great reference guide for the symbolism of the body and what it's trying to tell you. I've put a link to this book in today's post as well. This points out one of the major difficulties for us as we live our lives in the 21st century. For many hundreds of years, we have refused to communicate with our bodies at all. Modern medicine, the provider of numerous positives, has taught us to stop listening to our bodies, to think of them as machines, as meat cars, which work perfectly until they don't, which break down, get invaded, malfunction, and need to constantly be maintained and monitored like teenagers who are never released from being grounded. We are taught from a very young age that we can't know what is really going on with us, that anything other than the scientifically proven, medically recommended treatments are bunk and should be avoided or at least scoffed at, and that we can't actually heal much, but must have intervention at every juncture in order to prolong our lives. I'm not against modern medicine, but like our emphasis on the mind's knowing of things, I believe how we apply medical knowledge and remedies is out of balance, which causes negative situations in our society. In this discussion, the imbalance causes us to be amazingly unknowing about our own bodies and trains us not to listen to them. We give up our sovereignty over ourselves and hand it to medical authorities who then prescribe for us. But we can relearn the language of our bodies and befriend them again. While even I talk about the Akashics as a place to go and about going there when I teach, this is just a handy metaphor to use in discussing the way people need to adjust their perception of the world in order to access the communication and information available via the Akashics. However, the Akashics is actually everywhere, all the time, including right here. We don't leave our bodies in order to access it. We're actually tuning into it. Our bodies are made of Akasha, and constantly in contact with it. Hence our bodies use the same symbolic style of communication as we experience when we tune into the Akashics through meditation. We can invite the Akashics into our body and into communication with us just as readily as we go there. Instead of going to the Akashics through a guided visualization in order to meet other beings and receive wisdom and experience, we can invite the Akashic experience into our bodies. In this way, we can listen to our own wisdom, which has been waiting for us to enter into the conversation for, possibly, a lifetime. To do this, Get into a meditative state just as you would do with an Akashic journey. Then, 
instead of seeing a door or a doorway, get very quiet and move inward inside yourself. I recommend moving into your core self, which is a lovely yellow ball of light in the center of your being, located a handspan directly above your belly button and directly below your sternum. Just as you would with an Akashic journey, don't direct what you see or feel, but be open to the experience. You may stay in the core and feel warm and loved and centered. You may feel emotions flowing up, which could be amazing or truly uncomfortable. You may be drawn to a certain area of the body which has been having difficulty or which is suffering from illness. Like in an Akashic journey, you may ask your body or any specific area questions, and it will definitely be able to respond back. You might be startled with the message you receive. Be gentle with yourself. Don't judge the information, and stay only as long as you wish or as comfortable. You may repeat this process at any time, and I highly recommend that you do so on a regular basis. We have lost the ability to be in harmony with our bodies and to listen to their wisdom in the now, but this is something we can regain with time and attention and patience. Bringing the Akashics into your body in this way is a healing experience on a multitude of levels and has the long-term consequence of making you more whole than you have ever been in this lifetime. Part of regaining a healthy relationship with your body comes in learning to clean out the body closet. Most people are taught meditation or guided visualizations are a mental process, which has positive benefits for the body and emotions. These practices bring on a feeling of peacefulness and physical well-being, unless you're doing them in some physically distressful way, and then they may bring on cramping and dizziness, but that can be dealt with if it's not the desired goal. They are meant to help us gain access to the spiritual realm, but this is seen as a long-term goal. Because of this, people think working with the Akashics is a mental exercise, which can give them access to their soul records, and this is true, but it's only part of the experience. Working with the Akashics is a full-being process, which means not only is your mind engaged, but your emotions your body, and your soul. When you enter into the Akashics, your mind takes a back seat, and your soul begins being the primary driver of the experience. This shift activates the physical body to begin a healing process, releasing what is no longer needed, moving back to its perfected state. With both the soul and the body being active and seeking our best and highest good, our emotions are released from the strict control we place on them 24-7, and we are able to feel. This is most dramatic when we first enter into the Akashics. It's common for my students to report the first time they entered into meditation, they saw animals or people who were dear to them in life, who had crossed over, and they immediately started weeping even though they didn't feel sadness. The weeping usually continues throughout the session while the animal or person interacts with them in a tender, precious reunion, gives them gifts, finishes old business, ties up loose ends, or reconnects the fractured relationship. 
Once the session has ended, the weeping stops just as abruptly as it started. I hear this story over and over again, and I'm filled with as much wonder as the student. The experience is always amazing and beautiful. This is what I mean by cleaning out the body closet. Our bodies aren't separate from our souls. Our emotions aren't random things which take us over and interfere with our daily lives. They're amazing parts of ourselves which work tirelessly to keep us here in this life and help us navigate it. One of the ways the body does this is to be a storehouse for things we can't deal with in the moment. Massage therapists become aware of this rather quickly in their practice because they'll be working on a person and all of a sudden the client is crying or talking about an experience which happened years ago or gets very tense and says the area hurts when the body doesn't seem to be agreeing with them. Whatever is stored in that area is being triggered by the massage. Many of us, myself included, when something is intense, feels too big to deal with, or is happening at just the exactly wrong time, will decide, I'll think about that tomorrow, which actually should have been stated as, I'll experience that tomorrow because we don't have any problem thinking about the issue. We just don't want to feel the feelings, make the decisions, or deal with the problem at the moment. So our body takes all these emotions and experiences and socks them away in the body closet, where we can't see them, but we can pull them out later. Working with the Akashics flings the closet wide open, and your soul will start pulling things out and not in any random way because your body, your emotions, and your soul do not work in the logical way your left brain considers logical, but instead work more organically, more in Fibonacci sequences than in straight lines. Therefore, the things which get brought up first might seem random, but they're not. They're being brought up in an order which is most healing for you and will provide the clearest path to your best and highest good. By clearing out these emotions, releasing old hurts, reconnecting to joyous relationships, and dealing with what's been stored, our bodies are rejuvenated, healed, and our hearts freed so we can be more present in the now with renewed passion for life. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be exploring how you can work with the Akashics for emotional healing. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thanks. Bye.